Gentlemen, non-binary listeners, ladies, heroes and heroines, crooks and crookians, Seth Rollins, the audio performance you are about to enjoy discusses casinos and gambling. We do not recommend gambling with money you cannot afford to lose or that is needed to pay bills. If you have a gambling problem, contact your problem gambling hotline. If you do not know how to contact your problem gambling hotline, send an email to help at casinocombat.com. We will find that number for you and provide it to you. Our host's past performances are not indicative of anyone's future results, including his own. All materials presented here are based on actual facts. Names and dates are changed to protect the innocent and the guilty. Some events unrelated to alcohol may be omitted in the interest of brevity and clarity. It is, it's me, it's TRG. I am a visionary. I am a revolutionary. I am the Ramblin'. Gambler! I am the Ramblin' Gambler. The vision was that the game of casino gambling was beatable without cheating or doing things that would get one banned from the casino. The revolution was doing a podcast to teach others rather than charging people for what I knew. The end result is a worldwide award-winning podcast and a squad of smart, skilled gamblers that you can be part of just by listening and participating. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to episode 129 of our Casino Combat Podcast. If this is your next time, welcome back. Nice of you to be here again. Thank you, as always, for the gift of your time. Look, if this is your first time and you decide that you would like to beat the game of casino gambling on a consistent basis, we have a bunch of resources for you. Check out the website, casinocombat.com. Spell combat with a K, not a C. Check out the boot camp, also spelled with a K, and the TRG Wagering Strategies playlist on our YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram as at Gambler Ramblin'. Join the group Casino Combat Squad on Facebook. We are bad and nationwide. Heck, according to the analytics, we are worldwide. But I'll come back to that in a minute. First, let's run down the battle plan for this episode. I'm going to do a really traditional battle plan this episode. Really old school. Really just the way I did it in the beginning. First up, we're going to have a core concept segment and revisit something I learned from Gabriel, the angel messenger of Casino Combat. And something that I talked about in episode 57. And boy, that was a long time ago. That was July of night of 2019. Listen to me dating myself. July of 21, 2021. Forever ago, really. In, in that episode, I talked about an idea. And I've actually started quantifying it and being more aware of it and using it more often. So I wanted to put some emphasis on it. And bring it to your attention again. Maybe put it in focus. Maybe give you some reason to level up your skills and and watch for situations where this applies to you. As I said, I'm going to quantify it for you. After that, I'm going to share a moment of casino wisdom with you because I have a brand new wisdom. I want to talk about that with you. It's been a while since we had a new wisdom. After that, I'm going to do a results segment and pull out the highlights from a couple of weeks of gambling and run down the results for the month of January 2024 with you. Finally, and as always, we will finish up in the virtual VIP lounge with some sips and some plates and a story that one of my favorite dealers, Big Kev, shared with me recently. A very quick story, and like many casino stories, 
there is a lesson to be learned about what not to do. And I'll talk about that part of things for just a little bit then as well. So while it is a story, it is also a story with a teachable moment in it. In episode 128, I shared some analytics and listed all of the countries our squad has listened to the podcast in. Big long list. And I ask you, if you listened, to send an email to EP, Edward Paul, EP, 128, so EP128 at CasinoCombat.com and share where and when you listen to the episode. I have received a number of emails and I appreciate those of you who took the time. If you didn't email and you listened to episode 128, feel free to email now with that date and location information. We're leaving that email address up for the long haul to see over time what new people listen and respond to that request. And I said when I made that request that other information was welcome as well. And I got one email that I wanted to share with all of you, that I wanted all of you to hear because it is a really amazing testament to where our podcast gets hurt. And the email goes like this, TRG, Thank you for making, and this is all in caps, my favorite podcast. That's really touching. He continues, the scripted parts you write are hilarious, entertaining, and educational. Your enthusiasm for the game is infectious. The way you think about taking risk and designing probability-based systems are extremely valuable to me and other listeners. I'm listening in Rwanda right now and was in Uganda before that. So it seems like the countries you listed could be by number of downloads, certainly true. A lot of them, less than 1%, but it's less than 1% of tens of tens of thousands of listens. So that's still a significant number. He continues, in any event, for the time capsule, I've also downloaded the podcast and listened from the UAE, India, Malaysia, Thailand, Turkey, Georgia, Vietnam, Cambodia, Hong Kong, Kenya, Panama, and Qatar. Not sure on the dates, but have been listening to you for a long time. Thanks again for all your hard work and the amazing pod, Evan. Well, clearly, Evan is a very uh, perceptive person and an excellent judge of content. Um, Self-congratulatory jokes aside, it's humbling to know that me speaking into the air has been perceived as extremely valuable by by even one person. I mean, honestly, when you start these things, that's what you're hoping. When when you when you hit that publish button on the first one, you're just hoping somebody finds some type of value in it. So I, I do truly appreciate hearing that. It's also really fun to know that 10% of the places our podcast have been heard Maybe because of people like Evan. That's an amazing travel itinerary. I'm honored to just have been included in that. What an amazing time we live in that a simple audio file can travel the globe and be listened to anywhere. Really amazing, Evan. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much for emailing and adding to the time capsule in an interesting and useful and informative way. And as I said, if you didn't email, that email address isn't going away. Feel free to add your location information to the time capsule. And if you didn't listen to episode 127 yet, clearly you should. Evan just gave everything his strongest endorsement. All right, the Legends of Lehigh are still AWOL. So let's jump right into a core concept segment. All right, all right, all right. Um, confession time. 
I struggle with deciding how much information to repeat and how much to assume everyone knows already. Ironic situations are excellent teachers, as I've learned this past week. I've been skipping running down the core concepts when I do these segments to avoid repetition, to avoid boring people that I assume have been listening, have heard this, and don't need to hear it again, that they've engaged with the content. And I found out that a long-running listener was unclear on if the core concepts were the casino wisdoms. And in the follow-up conversation, the feedback was, maybe at least every other time would be helpful. The feedback continued with the thoughts that people listen while driving. New people find episodes all the time. Things of that nature. So my apologies for saying we are all big boys and girls and can find this information last episode. I'll do a better job of this. It was... uh, it was really informative. I, I really appreciated getting getting feedback, and it didn't come directly because of what I said. It came by somebody somebody that that I uh, I know and and have met and and trust, and I, I really did appreciate that feedback. That said, if you are listening in the car and get home and say, "What were those core concept things again?" On the CasinoCombat.com website, on page 3 of the blog section, there is a blog post that runs these items down. And on the YouTube channel, the Boot Camp playlist has a short lesson on each of the core concepts that you can listen to. They're not more than 10 or 15 minutes. You can listen to the whole playlist in order in, in, in less than 90 minutes. So that's if you don't want to read it, those are also available in the car. And I expand on each of them and teach around each of them. The core concepts of casino combat are the foundational ideas, the basics, the minimum things you need to know if you want to try to win the game of casino gambling, in my never-so-humble opinion. The amazing thing is this. When I sat down before I did episode one and sketched those out from my journey to becoming a winning gambler, I put ideas I knew to be correct into words for the first time. And those hold up well now, almost four years later. It is certainly true that I think if I listen to those first 9, 10, 11, 12 episodes again, I'm sure, I am 100% sure that I would find moments where I kind of went, yeah, wish I hadn't said that, or certainly wish I'd have said that this way instead. But these hold up. These, These have stood the test of time. These are foundational ideas that should, in my, as I said, never so humble opinion, be understood and internalized to even start to try to learn to beat the game of casino gambling. So before we jump into what I want to talk about today, let's take that excellent feedback, that excellent advice, and run through the core concepts of casino combat. So here goes. First, Learn to play one of the four casino games with wagers where the house only has a small advantage over the players, and a reasonable amount of tier credits are awarded for making those wagers. And that would be Blackjack, Baccarat, Craps, or a few of the bets on the roulette table. And let's be honest, roulette's kind of a Roulette's kind of a crapshoot. No, that's not right. Roulette is kind of at the edge of that house advantage. There's no reason not to play Baccarat instead of Roulette. It's not any more difficult, and and the, the house advantage is much smaller. Next, learn a wagering process that includes both progressive and regressive attributes. And I've shown you several of those. And if you don't want to create one of your own, 
or you just think mine are better than anything you could create, you're welcome to use those. Those are available for download in the Fred section. There are YouTube playlists that will teach those. There are plenty of ways to learn those. Next, have a bankroll of money you can afford to lose that is larger than needed for the game, unit size, and wagering process you intend to use. This goes to the idea of calculating a bankroll and make sure it is sufficiently large. Next, get and use a player's card from every casino you play in and look for ways to upgrade the card by way of tier matches with reward systems for other casinos, hotel chains, and cruise lines. Have the discipline to win a set small amount of money and leave or lose a small amount and leave. And that could be leave the table or leave the building, depending on factors of time and distance. In the end, try to win over the long run, the month, the quarter, or the year, not the machine, the table, or the day. If you have losses over a period of time, make up those losses with comps and gifts from the casino or with wins from previous periods of time. Now, what I want to talk about today, and as I said, I talked about this back in episode 57, and that idea centered around the idea, the core concept of winning a small set amount and leaving, either the table or the building. But here's the thing. Sometimes I've learned to pay attention to something that I learned from Gabriel. One time as I was walking in, he was walking out, and I asked how things went. And he said he had won $2,000 getting back to even over and over and over again. And he was going to take his initial bankroll and go home and try again tomorrow. And from that conversation, that idea that even though he didn't have a profit, he realized and recognized that he had, in fact, lost some, won it back, lost some, won it back, and won a substantial sum of money just getting back to zero. From that idea, the concept of a zero exit was born. The idea is this. Sometimes... You win a lot of money over time, but you are just avoiding a negative exit and getting back to even, getting back to zero win. You're not actually making progress toward a positive exit, and you recognize that is happening and you leave. At minimum, you leave the table and take a break. In Gabriel's case, he knew the casino was close and would be open the next day and the day after and the day after. So he went home and called it a day. Over time, I've become more and more aware of those circumstances and have started to quantify some of this for my own use. Now, my number is four, and I'll tell you about four what in a minute, which doesn't mean four is your number. It doesn't mean your number can't be three or five or six or something more. But I do think, like many casino techniques, you need to decide your number, preferably outside the casino, certainly away from the gambling table, and you need to stick with your number. This is a very specific technique for a very specific situation. And it goes like this. You approach a game and buy in. You have your play stack and the empty space where your win stack will go. You started playing, and over time, you lose six or seven units from your play stack. You are almost at a negative exit. And then you come back and get to a 10-unit play stack. Maybe even add one chip to the win stack. And then you go back down to minus six or seven units in your play stack and recover back to 10 units again, over and over. Recently, I played blackjack for almost two hours and went through that process four times. Sometimes it would take an entire shoe 
to lose six or seven units and then get back to even. And I would finish the shoe and I would look at my stack of 10 units in my play stack and look at my win stack with one, maybe two chips in it. And I would jokingly say, well, I earned tier credits. Well, and free tax-free imaginary money. I didn't make a profit in those two hours. But if you kept track of money won and money lost, I won almost $1,000 in total going from almost a negative exit back to even and then repeating the process. Especially since in some cases I was minus seven, got back to only minus two, then went back down to minus six before winning my way back to even. I won a lot of money, but I won it just to stay in the game and avoid a negative exit. It wasn't money I could take out of the building. It wasn't profit, but it was still money won. So here's what I've been doing. If this happens twice, where I go down and come back, down and come back, I start to pay attention. If it happens a third time, I make a mental note that if it happens again and I recover again, I'm walking away with a win of zero or whatever small amount is in my win stack. So my records literally have entries that say, I played at Casino X, I played Blackjack, the outcome was plus zero or maybe plus one or two units. This is similar to charting stocks. And you, if you're familiar with that, you'll know what I'm talking about. And if you're not familiar, stocks often trade in a range or a pattern, moving up and down in price in a narrow band before making a strong move in one direction or the other, either gaining or losing value rapidly. Sometimes a particular spot at a particular table for a while also moves in a range, admittedly a range that can break in either direction at any time. But for me, if I have tempted fate and been near a negative exit four times and gotten back to even, I'm going to listen to Gabriel's wise advice, take the zero exit and leave. Yes, a win could break out the next time things move up, just as stocks do. But the next time things move down, you could end up at minus eight and a negative exit. As I said, maybe your number is three. Maybe it's sick, but pick that outside the casino, pick that number, and try to play that way for a while. This is not a beginner skill. Most people are not going to go play blackjack or craps for the first time, and with everything else going on, be also able to track how many times they've recovered from almost reaching a negative exit. If you're just starting out, make a note to come back and listen to this again in the future. In the beginning, it's all most people can do to just make their wagers at the correct time and understand what is happening in the game. And like many things, whether it's gambling or not gambling, over time, things get easier and easier and the process slows down. You can handle more things with the same bandwidth. That's when you want to start watching for and using zero exits so you can walk away and play another day. Next up, we have a moment of casino wisdom with an all-new wisdom that I would like to talk about. Casino wisdoms combine knowledge or information about how casinos work or how players behave in a casino with an action to be taken in certain situation. They're situational wisdom. They're observational wisdoms. It is often said that wisdom comes from experience, and I think that's true. My father once told me that a smart man knows smoking cigarettes is bad for you while still smoking cigarettes. 
And a wise man doesn't smoke because he has that same information. That's that difference between intelligence and wisdom. Between knowing and taking action because of what you know. The core concepts are foundational ideas. The bare minimum information, facts, that you need to master to attempt to win the game of casino gambling. You can take the core concepts, apply them, go off to a gambling destination and play TRG1, the one, the only, and have a decent chance of doing reasonably well over the course of your time in that location. Certainly, you can expect to do much better than someone who doesn't have the same set of facts. Casino wisdoms exist to provide that next level of skill and to let you have that next level of skill without having to experience and interpret all the things that could happen and find what is best to do in those situations. They're prompts. That's what casino wisdoms are. They exist to provide a prompt so that when you are in a certain situation or certain things happen, you have a reminder. You have something easy to rem remember and remind you of what to do based on experiences that myself and other people have had. We had the experience, we learned the facts, and we learned what to do in those situations. We learned to be wise by making a whole bunch of mistakes and doing a whole bunch of stupid stuff. And now we are trying through this podcast to convey that information out to you so that you don't have to do the stupid stuff. We did it for you, and we're just trying to help out. Casino Wisdoms are a more advanced set of skills, a more advanced set of information that go beyond the core concepts. Start with the core concepts, then add the wisdoms. To that end, and I probably admittedly need to update this piece of information, but to that end, on the website, casinocombat.com, in the Fred section, you can download the Casino Combat Book of Casino Wisdom. And it's not a book. It, it, it's a metaphor, right? The, the, the word book is a metaphor. It's a page or two. It's a simple PDF list of each wisdom and the first episode where that wisdom was discussed. And not all of that is going to apply to every casino visit or every casino situation. I certainly don't think you need to memorize them or be able to teach all of them as I think you should know and be able to teach the core concepts. But I think if you familiarize yourself with them, you will find a number of them will pop to mind when the situation requires. Let me give you an example. I recall the last time we spent time with Inner Circle member East Coast Emissary PhD, the only person on the globe to have a doctorate in casino combat, and we were with him and his wife, Atlantic City Empress, at Ocean Casino and Resort in Atlantic City. Now, a slot machine that ACE was playing misfunctioned in some fashion, with money or free play still in the machine. And it just kind of disappeared during the malfunction, which is to say the display of it kind of disappeared, or the machine locked up. Maybe I'm not getting all the details perfectly here. But as she and Mrs. TRG, the radiant goddess of casino combat, were waiting for a slot attendant to sort things out, and then going to the reward desk to get a final resolution... I vividly recall her quoting a casino wisdom and saying, I'll just remain calm 
and look for a casino solution. I can't tell you how many times I've had a couple things not go my way. And I remember Casino Wisdom number 82, numbered for Inner Circle member, Keeper of Wisdom's time in the 82nd Airborne Division of the United States Military. And I think, okay, I don't like this, but I can't wish myself out of this situation. I can't change this. I need to trust my training and my technique and play through this to the end. Often things work out just fine. If they don't, I've structured my bankroll and my exits such that it's still fine in the big picture. The key was not to panic, not to bail, follow through, be consistent. I'll give you a great example of that. I'll give you a great example of that. At one point in the last week or so, I'm playing the Little Shop of Horrors slot machine. And that's a high-variance machine. It can do nothing, and then it can pop off and do something really amazing. Really fun machine. We've had a lot of success with it. Not as much success as we've had with Devil's Lock, but still a great deal of success with Little Shop of Horrors. And everything's going horribly. Play at the smallest level, win at most pennies. Next button, don't win anything. Next button, don't win anything. Next button, once again, pennies. I've gone through a lot of money. Nothing's happened, and I've gone through it quick. A lot of times you go up and down the wagers. You move through things. You get to a, a 250 wager or a buck 80 wager, and all of a sudden you win eight, nine, ten dollars. Not enough to get you a profit, but enough that you can start over. There's some feedback going on. Nothing in this particular situation. Lose, 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 lose. And I'm getting to the last bet, and I'm like, oh, jeez. This hadn't been fun. This has been quick. Oh, well, once again, remembering that casino wisdom number 82. Walking away isn't going to fix it. I didn't sit down and plan to bail without going all the way through TRG slot strategy El Numero Dos. I intended to play the strategy all the way through, and I did. And sure enough, the second wager at the highest dollar amount, I get bonus spins. And the bonus spins create more bonus spins. I win the mini jackpot. I win the minor jackpot. I end up finishing that section, having followed my techniques and followed through, having remembered to stick with it, and I cashed out and I doubled the money I put in the machine. The casino wisdom was the prompt when my emotions started to say, this didn't go well, this didn't go well, I don't like this. Casino Wisdom number 82 calmed those emotions. All right, I rambled a bit there, <laughs> kind of sticking to the theme of getting back to basics, I guess, in this episode. Today, I wanted to share a new Casino Wisdom with you. Casino Wisdom number 29, and it goes like this. When the improbably bad happens more than once, run for the exit. Well, maybe literally, maybe not literally run, maybe, you know, it, it, it don't create a scene, but leave with a sense of urgency. I had a boss that told me when uh, when I was starting my IT career that when I moved through the building, even if I was just going to grab a bottled water or what have you, to move with purpose. In this case, I would say move with purpose and move with urgency. Get away from the situation where a lot of improbable bad things start happening. And here's what I mean by this. In any games of chance, there are things that happen normally, good and bad. 
right? Not, I'm not saying when good, improbable good things happen, right? The proverbial four blackjacks in a row, or you make four points in a row, just boom, 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 boom. That's improbably good. It's not likely to happen. Enjoy it. But if it's bad stuff, if you're playing craps and there is not an established point and you are betting on the don't pass, sometimes the first number is a seven or an 11 and you, you lose. Yeah, normal. Sometimes it's a two or a two or a three is rolled and you win. Once again, not unusual, not outside normal probability. Usually something else is rolled, then those four numbers and a point is established. That is probably what is going to happen. But it is improbable, it is unlikely that you're going to bet on the don't pass and five straight sevens are going to be rolled in a row. That is improbable. That is unlikely. And as a don't pass better, that's bad for you. Just leave. Just walk away. If you are playing locally and you play often and craps is your primary game, your only game, make your way to the exit with a sense of urgency and purpose. Don't look back. Don't convince yourself it's going to turn around. This shouldn't be happening, but that doesn't mean it won't continue. Leave and come back another time when things are more normal and random. Remember what the greatest pit boss of all time has taught us. I've seen a girl wasted out of her mind through 56 straight passes on her 21st birthday. I've watched a guy get 17 blackjacks in a row on nine different tables. I have seen 14 red coming on 14 consecutive spins. This could get very bad, Danny. You'll see. Will I? If you're on a gambling trip, maybe this is a good time to change buildings. It's an even better time to go have some food, see an attraction, or a show or have a drink, or take a nap, and then try again. Highly improbable things don't happen very often, and they don't last forever. But when they start stacking up, at least go do something else. Don't sit and get crushed, convinced that it can't last forever. It can't last forever. It won't last forever. But it may keep happening right now, over and over again. Or perhaps a better, another example. If you're a blackjack player, it's perfectly normal to make a large bet, make a basic strategy, double or split on that large bet and lose. It happens. It's not a big deal. If you're playing TRG2, always be grinding or TRG4, win more, keep more. It is not a big deal. But if it happens multiple times in weird and unusual ways, get away with urgency. Move away with purpose. We're going to talk about results in a few minutes, but let me give you a real-life example from last week. I told you I had that long blackjack session that ended with a zero exit. I hung out with the Buddha statue for a minute because we don't have a fountain. I went to the bar and had a drink and talked to some friends for a while. I patted myself on the back for seeing and taking the zero exit and not losing any money so far despite being in the casino for two hours. I was very proud of myself. And I went and found a place to play more blackjack. My first bet was a double of a 10 against a dealer 6. I drew a 10 for a total of 20. The dealer had a 5 under for an 11 and drew a 10 for 21. A total of 2 units lost on the first hand. Rats. Yuck. But not improbable. Not something that doesn't happen regularly. I mean, not all the time, but it's not uncommon. Not a big deal. Not a big deal at all. Using TRG4, win more, keep more as my basic strategy, as my 
wagering strategy, not my basic strategy. My next bet is two units. I get a blackjack. Excellent. Fixes everything. Uh, except the dealer shows a 10 and also has a blackjack. That's a push. No money changes hands. Again, that is improbable. That is unlikely, but it happens. Next hand, same bet, two units. I have a pair of eights against the dealer's seven showing. That's a basic strategy split. I split. I get a 10 on one hand and an ace on the other. I'm feeling good. I have an 18 and a 19. If the dealer has a 10 under, I win both hands. The dealer has a nine under. Okay, the house has 16. I'm still in good shape. I'm still in good shape to win four units, put some in my win stack, be right back on track. The dealer draws a four for 20 and I lose both hands. I'm minus six units out of 10 and I've played three hands. That is improbable. But I've come back from this. I've done it many times. Heck, I just did it for two straight hours. This isn't a big deal. I'm not panicking. The next four hands, I am dealt natural 20s. Pair of 10s. 10, 10. Jack, queen. Whatever. And the dealer isn't showing a 10. But the each dealer each time draws three or four cards and gets to 20 and we push. I have good hands. The dealer has junk hands. And instead of winning, I'm pushing. My next hand is a natural 20. Great, the dealer has a blackjack and I lose. My next hand is a blackjack and I push. The following hand is a 12 against a dealer 7. I draw a total of 3 more cards and get to 19. The dealer builds a 6 card 20 and I lose. But, not to fear. I'm playing a mini meta martingale. I've prepared for this. I've planned for this. We are still on plan. I just need to win a few hands at, at a higher tier and so I'm going to just move up to a t move up a tier and continue playing despite these very improbable results. I lose the first hand by busting a nothing hand against a dealer's 10, with the dealer having a 3 under and busting. My next hand is a 2 unit tier 3 bet. A pair of 7s against a dealer's 3 is a split, and I draw a 10 on the first hand for 17, and then a 3 on the other, which means I pull more cash out because we're starting to get to the end of the buy-in money. And I double and get a 10 for a total of 20. The dealer has 3 under for a total of 6, draws a 10 for 16, and then a 5 for 21. And I lose all of the hands and the additional money I pulled out of my pocket. That is a really improbable set of hands. Really unlikely. The dealer in this case is flummoxed, flabbergasted, stunned. Said something like, wow, I've never seen a run of cards that bad, TRG. I'm so sorry, but I'm leaving. I should have left, but the dealer is saying, but I'm leaving. I'm going on break. Hopefully it turns around. I should have left. I was local, just a short drive from my home. I should have run for the door and said, oh, well. Both a zero exit after two hours and then that set of hands are very, very unlikely. But I didn't. I was just learning this particular casino wisdom. It's what I told you, right? Casino wisdoms are to help you not make the mistakes that I made or my friends made in order to learn these particular wisdoms. My bankroll for the day allowed for two buy-ins. I forget what Nessa had told me. I've seen a girl wasted out of her mind through 56 straight passes on her 21st birthday. I've watched a guy get 17 blackjacks in a row on nine different tables. I have seen 14 red coming on 14 consecutive spins. This could get very bad, Danny. You'll see. Will I? The dealer went on break, as I said. A card was burned. I decided this was, for all intents and purposes, a new shoe. It was like going and switching to a new table. I did my rebuy, 
And I'm not going to bother you. I'm not going to waste your time or our time with a play-by-play. If you want to know how this goes, just rewind five minutes or whatever it is to where I started that play-by-play of all those hands. The second was not the same, but very close to identical in everything but the small details. I pushed on some 19s. The blackjack showed up a little differently and I didn't get paid, but just back it up and play it forward again. That's how the second set of money went. It even included the second larger TRG4 bet going wrong, hastening the exit. It included the push on the good hands. It included all of it. It's all kind of the same. In the end, I ordered a root beer, sat at the bar, made good notes, and thought that was the most horrible, improbable set of hands I've ever played. I should have had the good sense to walk away and not rebuy. I should have gone home, played some video games, and remembered that the next time a bunch of really improbable bad things happen all at once, I should leave. And in that moment, Casino Wisdom number 29 was created. When the improbably bad happens multiple times, run for the exit. I should have run. Okay. Next is the results segment and the numbers for January 2024. For me, it is very, very important that I do results as accurately and as transparently as I can. If I'm going to claim that doing what I do is going to lead to cash profits on a fairly regular basis and is going to generate non-cash profits most of the times that cash profits are not generated, then I need to convey those results to you. And yes, I use a mathematical formula to keep a little privacy and to keep from looking like I'm bragging to some of you and poor as a church mouse to others of you I do use a formula to keep a little privacy, but I I make it a point of pride to do these results. All kinds of people are willing to tell you that if you pay them X dollars, they will teach you how to win. And maybe they give you a, a wondrous tale of the time they won all kinds of money. But if they're not telling you about every time they played, anybody can cherry pick the time I won a lot. Anybody can post a picture of a stack of chips and say, look at me, I won. We've all done it. At least most of us that do this on any regularity can do that. So I try to tell you all of it, the good, the bad, the ugly. I started off January in really good shape. We finished the last episode with really good results. I was up a bunch of days pay. I don't remember the exact number, but I remember saying something like 14 days and I won 12 days pay or something like that. Really solid start to the month of January. And that's why it's important to me to do results with you. So I'm going to pull up that result spreadsheet right now and I'm going to slide down through, I'm going to scroll down through two weeks of play. And what I think I'm going to do is I think I am just going to start on the 16th and I'm just going to give you the notes, not the numbers, just the notes. So the notes on the first blackjack in the second two weeks is last bet was a two unit split with a double lost them all big loss. Next one. And this is about 40 minutes later loss. All the doubles and splits went against me. 
The next entry is a little bit of craps play. Oh, there's some losing slots in there. Obviously, I was killing a little time. A couple winning slots and then a big losing slot. And then craps. Small loss. Not enough to buy a meal at any fast food place. Small loss. The notes are interesting. I threw horrible. Made money on the don't pass until an ignorant, an ignorant player came in. Good story there, though. Oh, <laughs> that was little red running suit. That's who that dude was. So I threw horrible. I lost money. And this guy was an idiot. And I've told you about him. There we go. Me uh, using the power of the ring to change names and dates to protect the innocent and the guilty. Uh, I got a lottery ticket and it didn't win. Small blackjack win. The note says it's a start because I'm still trying to recover from what I just told you about. This one's interesting. I've been playing a machine called Frankenstein. It's a new machine. It's been showing up everywhere. I, I had some good luck with it. I had some things hit using TRG slot strategy El Numero Dos with my own money. Hit some nice bonuses. So I've been coming back to it. Took a small loss here. But the note is interesting. It says, time to take Frankenstein out of the play rotation. This was an exit after getting eight free spins. Not enough small pays along the way on this machine. It happens sometimes. I'm not mad about this. I mean, but think about that. I got eight free spins. Still took a negative exit, but my observation here is an important one. I was talking about Little Shop of Horrors earlier, and that, that I really have enjoyed that machine. The thing about that machine is, sometimes you'll spin 80 cents, and you'll get paid 35. Or you'll spin a buck 60, and you'll get paid a buck 10. It's giving little small things back while you're hoping to hit something significant. Hoping to hit a bonus. Hoping to hit one of the progressives. Hoping to hit one of the special features. And there are a ton of special features on that machine. What I'm concluding here is after playing the Frankenstein machine multiple times over the course of the month, there just are not enough little pays. Pays that are less than the amount of the spin but there's just not enough there. Let's see what else here. Oh, good craps outing. Notes say made money on the don't. Made money on me. Made a lot of money for others. Threw well, but my technique stunk. So you're hearing my feedback. And the next blackjack is a significant loss with the very insightful comment, not good. Another losing blackjack. Winning craps. I noted that I did a good job of reading shooters and managing money, which is what I am trying to do right now when I'm playing craps, which is really just practicing with real money. And let's see, that blackjack, the notes are the session I was just telling you about. Significant craps lost, wrong side of two hot shooters, so I tried to read shooters and bet on the don't, and it didn't go well. Blackjack, small win, less than a day's pay. And the note is another long slog. Got, followed that with a craps loss. Everything I did was wrong. Nice long toss, but made nothing for myself. Moved bets around on a three-point fire by another player. Made nothing but the fire. Evidence, I am not good at this. <laughs> I'm not, folks. I am not... I am not a dice manipulator. I am not a dice influencer. I may be revolutionary and evolutionary and all those other things, but I am, uh, I'm not doing anything special with the dice in my hand other than randomly, that's for sure. Losing slot play, little winning blackjack. Note here that the last exit was a two-unit double 
or I would have made more. So made money and noting that I could have made more if it hadn't been the way the last bet went as I was doing my three chip exit. Ah, I was telling you, I'm not good with dice. I actually went from the set I was using, which was the hard way set, to the crossed six set because I threw multiple sevens on the come out. I'm picking a set that's not supposed to generate sevens unless the dice do all kinds of bad things because you're not good at what you're doing. And I threw so many sevens that I had to change my set. And then I had a point established and I went out. I did make a little money, but once again, you're not going to eat on that money. Uh, I bought the coffee. Slow day for people. And so I did a little extra tipping, which... Uh, Tough to buy the coffee when you're not winning the money. Oh, this was a fun one. This this was a fun one. This is uh this is the outcome of of treating people like coworkers, I think. And I know that for some of you, you would say that is what I would do all the time, TRG. I get that. But for me, it was a bit of a revelation that I see the same people every day. Uh, they're not employees of the casino, and they're not people that work for me, they're people that work with me. So the promotion on this particular day is you spin a wheel, and the wheel has dollar amounts on it. $2, $5, $10, $20, and whatever dollar amount you land on, they hand you a lottery ticket for that amount. So I walk up, and the young man says, hey, good to see you, good to see you. And I said, oh, sure, hey, you too. Couldn't tell you his name. Couldn't tell you who he is. I don't remember ever meeting him. It's a good chance he is somebody that I helped out at some point in the past with something. So I spin the wheel and it goes click, 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 and lands on a two. Two dollar lottery ticket. He reaches up and moves it one spot to the ten and says, there you go, we're homies, I'll take care of you. The lottery ticket didn't win anything, but uh, very, very nice of him. To, uh, to help me out in that way. Would have been a much better story if I'd won money instead, but still, nice of him to do that. A good illustration of what you can accomplish by treating people right and being nice to people. Just a really cool thing for him to do. Wish it had turned out differently. Big blackjack loss. Another big blackjack loss. And we're wrapping up. We're wrapping up. I mean, even the good stuff, even the good stuff. I got a win here. A nice win. Multiple days pay. And the note is, a bit of a comeback, but not enough. I mean, even a really good win wasn't enough to make up for the, the bad stuff that was going on. Yeah, yeah, let's get, that's, that's the end of the interesting stuff. Let's get to the real numbers. Let's get to the results. That was, uh, it was a bad two weeks. It was, uh, and it wasn't all losing, but I was taking, you know, most of a mini meta martingale loss and then winning a day's pay. They don't offset each other. They did not offset each other. It was a rough, rough, rough two weeks. One of the core concepts is to gamble for the month, not the machine, the table, or the day. And normally I say, I don't want you to think that I'm bragging and boasting, but I didn't make any comp trips this time. I didn't go anywhere luxurious. There was no spa time. There was no pool time. There was no beach time. There was no fame and fortune and everything that goes with it, although I do thank you all. I don't think there's any reason to worry that anyone listening to this for the first time and having not heard one of these is going to think that I am bragging about anything this month. I'm not 100%. Yeah, I am 100% sure. I'm looking at it right now. You're not going to be impressed. I give you results. If you're new to this, if this is your first time, I give you the results in a $1 a day scale. 
I have got amount of money I would like to win every day that I did very well the first two weeks and failed at dramatically the second two weeks. And I convert all my results, all the things that I've been given, uh, free play, slot play, gifts, all of that. I convert that to if I earned a dollar a day by making it by dividing everything by my dollar a day scale. And I report it that way. So as I always say, if you make five dollars a day, take every number I give you and multiply it by five. And if you make $50,000 a day, take every number I give you and multiply it by 50,000. And by wherever you are in the middle of that, you do that multiplication. And that will tell you what this impact would be in your life. Unless money doesn't matter, in which case you should be sponsoring this podcast. You should go to anchor.fm slash casino combat. You should hit that support button and you should make a monthly donation as a number of listeners have. And I appreciate all of you that have done that very, very, very much. So in a $1 a day scale, let's go through the results and what a transition this has been. Playing tables, craps and blackjack. I lost $2.17 if we round that last penny up. So minus two days pay. That's a pretty pretty big swing. We went from plus, I don't know, 12, 13, 14 days, whatever it was, to minus two. And that tells you how tough it was. Played a total of 86 blackjack tables, 58 winning tables, 28 losing tables. I did actually make a little money playing blackjack. I did actually finish plus a couple days pay playing blackjack. I did. I played 19 craps tables, seven of them winning, 12 losing. I lost more playing craps than I made playing blackjack. And I've said all along that I'm playing craps to learn. And boy, what I learned is that I ruined what could have been at least a slightly profitable month by playing craps. Eventually, we're going to have to see it might be cheaper to buy a craps table and practice than it is to practice at the casino. It might be. Time will tell, time will tell. Playing slots. We had 32 slot machines played. A little heavy on slot play this month for not being anywhere. Usually uh, usually Mrs. TRG is the slot player when we travel, and that's this isn't that. I had 23 winning slot machines with my own money using TRG slot strategy El Numero Dos. That is in the book, Casino Combat Slot Tactics, and you can download it for free, 100% free, in the Fred section of the CasinoCombat.com website. 32 machines played, 23 winning, 9 losing, and I lost money playing slots. I lost a total of 11 cents playing slots with my own money. Not a big deal. Not a whole lot of free slot play this month. I got 37 cents in free slot play and won 37 cents playing slots. So, once again, once again, the two slot strategies in that ebook, Casino Combat Slot Tactics, the two ways of playing combined, the play with money generates the free slot play. The free slot play wins money enough money to once again create a 26 cent profit from playing slots. We made money playing slots when you combined both types of play. So where do we end up? We end up on the gambling profit and loss. We end up with a loss of $1.90 on the dollar a day scale. Not horrible. Not a big deal, 
but yeah, it, uh, it, it did not feel good. It was not a fun two weeks in any stretch of the imagination. I had expenses of $1.35 leading to a loss. Profit and loss after expenses is a loss of $3.25, a little over three days pay on the dollar a day scale. I had $1.83 in comps. I received $1.88 in free bets. I received $0.83, almost a day's pay, in gifts. And this month, just as a side note, all of those gifts were either things my oldest son wanted for his Airbnbs or gift cards. Almost all of it was stuff that was going to get used and get used immediately, either to save my son money or to save me money on by buying things that I was going to buy anyway, gas or groceries. Despite the expenses, despite the loss, when we look at the bottom line, when we look at the total value into our life from gambling, despite almost two days pay, lost gambling, despite more than a day's pay spent on the gambling, when you total up the comps, the free bets, and the gifts, we have a positive impact into our lives of $1.66. It is a casino combat winning month. By the rules of casino combat, by the on the basis of the core concepts, it is a win. It is not a win that feels particularly good. It is not a win that I am particularly proud of. It's uh it was, a, as I said, a rough two weeks, but it is nonetheless, by the standards of casino combat, a win. And I will then be honest and say, I suspect if most of you did this as your first month, it would not feel like a win. The numbers would not convince you that you had won. And then the other thing I will say is this. I suspect that if I went and took out all the comped parking, because my local casino... There is a cost to park because it is in a major downtown area of a major city in the United States. And if parking was free, the parking garage would be full all the time because everyone who worked in the office buildings around the casino would be parking there for free. So parking has a fee. And because I am at the fourth tier in the reward system, that fee is comped. And I keep track of that. And just doing the rough math in my head, I suspect that most of that value into my life was free parking. And free parking that doesn't take away from my cash wins is a wonderful thing. But free parking that just is a number on a spreadsheet isn't a lot of value. So by the rules of the game, the way I've played the game the the entire time I've done this podcast, this is a win. But it's not like the value into our life was overnight stays for date night. It's not like the value into our life was a great meal at a great steakhouse or a wonderful brunch or a cruise or a chartered flight or any of those things. Most of this value is gift cards, admittedly, products that will go into an Airbnb. That's great. But a lot of it's just parking. So there we go. I started the month strong. I had some winning days, but I had a number of losing days right at the end. It was a struggle. It didn't end well. Last month was a strong month. The core concepts to teach us that if you take a loss, 
make it up with comps and gifts, which I did, and wins in the previous month, which I have, that will more than offset this. But that's all in play here. It's fine, just frustrating after a strong start. On to February, on to the next round. I definitely need a drink. It is after 5 o'clock here. It's always 5 o'clock somewhere. Let's adjourn to the virtual VIP lounge for some shots and a story. A little bit of the bubbly. Welcome to the most must-listen-to segment in casino podcasting, the virtual VIP lounge. And our lounge is open. We have the best virtual everything virtually all the time. The best virtual food and drink served anywhere in any virtual VIP lounge, anywhere on the interwebs. Guaranteed or your money back. Absolutely guaranteed. As always, if you can, press pause, pour yourself something, fix a plate. I love VIP lounges, the ones that still exist. They are a wonderful place to meet friends old and new. They are a wonderful place to have a drink, have a snack, and swap stories, which is often what we use our virtual VIP lounge for. I have got a double crown apple here with one ice cube in it from the bottle Nakatomi Tony sent me as a birthday gift. I am going to enjoy it while I recount a story I heard from a dealer friend of mine, Big Cat. He was telling me this while we were playing. Seems Big Kev was dealing at my local casino in the high limit room. And a player came in with a small $500 buy-in at a $100 minimum blackjack table. Normally I would say that's really not enough. But over the course of two hours, he turned that $500 into an additional $4,000. $4,000 done with $500. That's amazing. That is a wonderful run of blackjack. That is an improbable good thing happening to you. The player had a great time, colored up, which means he turned his black $100 chips into four orange $1,000 chips and a purple $500 chip. Wonderful win. As he put his chips into his pocket, he realized he had forgotten to play a $100 free bet that he had printed when he walked in. He remarked that he couldn't leave without playing it, which is a that's a correct choice from my point of view. Maybe not the rest of the choices, but you should always play any free bets or free slot play that you are given in some fashion. You should have a bit of strategy about it, in my opinion, but you certainly shouldn't walk out just because you want a bunch of money and not bet the free $100 that you were given. He was dealt a pair of eights with the dealer showing a five. Big Kev's got a five, player has two eights. He split, that's correct basic strategy, but he split, which meant changing out an orange chip, a $1,000 chip, for black $100 chips. And he got another eight, and he split again. And in the end, he ended up with four hands, two of them doubled. The first hand was a coupon, so he has a total of $500 of his own money on the table from playing the coupon. He lost all the hands on a good dealer draw, which is a damn shame. Now, his win for the day on a $500 buy-in was only $3,500. Still a great win. And this is where I wish we were live. Anyone out there know what's happening next? Is Bueller in the room? Anyone? Honestly, probably everyone. This is a smart squad. I suspect many of you know. And that's right. He sits there with Big Kev for another hour and a half, turning orange chips into black chips, purple chip into black chips, and losing back all the money he'd won, and the $500 he walked in with, and another $500 of his own money in cash, before finally leaving the high limit room minus $1,000 for the day because he had to play his coupon on the way out. And Big Kevin and I talked for a bit. We both agreed that there were better choices. 
the worst choice was to bet that $100 coupon at that moment on blackjack because of the possibilities of splits and doubles happening as they did. The better and best choice would have been to walk out of the high limit room and bet it on red or black on a roulette table, on player or bank at a Baccarat table, or on don't pass on the craps table. None of those bets would have required additional out-of-pocket wagers, and the house advantage on those wagers is acceptably small. It's basically betting on a coin toss and hoping to walk out with another $100 in your pocket. And then beyond that, given that this was high-limit play, he was playing alone. The next best choice would have been to play the hand wrong, to not use basic strategy, and just stay on a hard 16 against a dealer's 5. No one's going to be mad or have their hand impacted because no one else is playing. The next best choice, if he was going to play basic strategy, was to accept that things didn't go his way and walk out a winner. Yes, with slightly less than the max he had won, but still, a solid win. A solid win for the day walking in with a $500 buy-in. And I guess if we are finishing the, the next best things list, the next best would have been to play the remaining $500 in change to try to win the $500 back and then leave. But no way should any more orange chips have been cashed. Yes, free bets should always be played, but played with a strategy. The protagonist in this story didn't know his casino wisdoms and made a number of strategic mistakes, and he paid a heavy price. Please, tip your waitresses, tip your bartenders, tip your dealers. If you have a host, tip your host. But don't tip away your win. Please, again, if you listen to episode 128, contribute to the time capsule. Send an email to ep128 at casinocombat.com and include your location and the date you listened. I have spoken. Everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view. In 10 years, we may find out I was wrong about all of this. It's time for leaving, and I hope you understand I was born a rambling man. Love it, hate it, it don't matter. Please share with your family and friends. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your gift of time today. I truly appreciate it. The best part of the podcast is next, the Atlantic City version of the Casino Combat Blues.
We can gamble in Atlantic City. We can gamble in LA. We can gamble out. 